Welcome to Cruising in the Light and Shadow. My name is Anana Moon and I'm your host. This week, uh, I am opening with this quote, a spirituality that is only private and self-absorbed, one devoid of an authentic political and social consciousness, does little to halt the suicidal juggernaut of history. On the other hand, an activism that is not purified by profound spiritual and psychological self-awareness and rooted in divine truth, wisdom, and compassion will only perpetrate the problem it is trying to solve. However hide- however righteous, pardon me, however righteous <laughs> its intentions. When, however, the deepest and most grounded spiritual vision is married to a practical and pragmatic drive to transform all existing political, economic, and social institutions, a holy force, the power of wisdom and love in action is born. This force I define as sacred activism. That is a quote by Dr. Andrew Harvey. He's a spiritual teacher and founder of the Institute of Sacred Activism. He's been around for a very long time. He's a favorite spiritual teacher of mine. Um, And now I'm going to introduce our guest this week, a very favorite person of mine. Her name is Reverend Sonia Ketchen. Uh, She is an interspiritual minister, love activist, and sacred service officiant. Welcome, Sonia. Thank you so much, Anana. I'm delighted and uh, an honored to be here with you. Wonderful. I want to go ahead and read a little more about you. May, may, may I wax poetic <laughs> about you? Please, thank you. It's very kind. <laughs> so she was... Um, ordained through One Spirit Learning Alliance uh, in 2013, is that correct? Yes, it is. All right. Um, Sonia, along with another person I know and admire greatly, um, Reverend Ty Holmes, co-founded One Spirit in Action. Um, It's the service arm of One Spirit Learning Alliance. Uh, She has also partnered with Reverend Ty to create the Just Love Campaign, which seeks to promote harmony through love-based action. In January 2015, Sonia was the recipient of a citation from the City of New York for her service as an interfaith ambassador. As a native New Yorker, she's drawn to street ministry and opportunities that serve New York's underserved communities, In her continued service work with One Spirit Learning Alliance, Sonia feels moved to inspire others to be in action. She believes we can only do so much for ourselves, but if we activate the hearts of many, we can shift humanity's consciousness from separateness to oneness. Um, I'm getting chills just listening to this. So... Um, without further ado, let's um, talk with you because there are so many topics here um, that I think our listeners um, will enjoy. Um, let me just start um, with um, what is your work as a minister? I named a little bit, but please thank you. Let's talk thank about you. it. Um, so you know, it seems that it, it constantly morphs as as life does, right? Yes. Um, 
but at, at this juncture of my life, I'm, I'm very involved still with One Spirit in Action, which is the sacred service and activism arm for One Spirit Learning Alliance, which is a global interfaith and interspiritual um, educational facility. I am a co-founder of One Spirit in Action, uh, which I founded with Ty Holmes uh, in 2013. And uh, I've been very involved with their, uh, with One Spirit in Action, which is their sacred service and activism arm. Uh, and we're located here in New York City. And that's been a major focus of my work. And uh, I'd say that's my, my, my main in, intention of my work. Um, mm-hmm. But I also am involved with uh, creating sacred ritual and sacred services. That's very exciting. Um, can you tell me um, a little bit, um, in, when, when you say interspiritual minister, what is interspirituality? Well, interspirituality is a term that was coined by uh, Brother Wayne Teasdale, who was a Catholic uh, monk who yes. became... Have you heard of him? You know what? I have. I didn't look yeah. him up for this interview but as i was reading i was like oh yeah i remember him from several years ago right well he had written a book called the mystic heart and i had not read the book but uh i the focus of interspirituality is to to um distill down our religion to its mystical um its mystical core. And right there is, is why I would have heard of him. <laughs> yes. The mysticism yes. of it. Yeah. It's the mysticism. And um, one of the things that, uh, one of the ways we studied religions were, was, is less focused on what religions have become um, and more focused on, on the seeds that, that um, in which they've grown from. All right. So it's actually more the mysticism seems to be, to me, um, all-encompassing, inclusive. Um, So not so much uh, finding the differences or differentiating um, religious beliefs, but what joins them together. Would that be correct? Yes, that's that's very well, that's very well described and and the services that um that i i create and many that have been trained in this um in this way um can be uh spiritual they they could be um sacred yet secular if that Ah. makes sense um maybe Uh, maybe a little defining that a little well yeah i guess secular um is I, I don't know the definition of secular, but I believe mm-hmm. it's not spe- specified to a religion. Perhaps. To a particular religion, but a way of right. thought. Yes. Right. Um, so I do. I've done ceremonies for folks that are agnostics and atheists, and yet we we find a way of creating sacredness in in the ritual. Oh, so something meaningful and uh, mutually. Uh, again, mutually inclusive. Yes, very much so. But it's it's more than meaningful. Um, there's, I, I believe, you know, I I believe that that what is sacred is what is what is closest to our heart. Oh, definitely, and, definitely. I so, can see that. So, whatever the love is that unites um, a couple being married, 
uh, celebrates a child coming into the world Mm -hmm. or 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 um, mourns the loss of someone leaving it's that love that i i sense is the most sacred part of the experience of creating that ritual oh very beautiful um when I'm, I'm looking here at being an interfaith ambassador, um, what is that about? How did, how did, how did that come about? Oh, okay. Um, I, along with uh, several other interfaith uh, or interspiritual ministers, were asked to come and speak at an event in, in Queens uh, and celebrating Muhammad's birthday. It was called Peace for All Day. And I, um, I had the uh, the opportunity to give a, a talk there, uh, ultimately on love and on on union and on collective consciousness. And it was um, it was that opportunity that this citation came. And are you called on still as an ambassador? Not specifically. Not that specifically, was, uh, that but was it, a oh, specific right. event that right. that really. Um, that really meant very a lot to me. It was a, a great opportunity to speak with people of so many different cultures. Um, yeah, with a uniting with a uniting lens. So it was great. All right, and what? Um, what? So I'm seeing. I'm kind of seeing a picture form here of your work as a minister. Um, what was your, I always want to know this. My grandfather was a minister. Um, I am a minister in the work that I do. I know that there were a series of things, um, that one might call a calling. Um, do you recall or, um, do you recall what your, your calling was to do this work? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It was, uh, it, it was, it was more than a calling. It was, you know, I feel like sometimes when you're called to spiritual work or ministry per se, um, it's, it's, it gets really loud. <laughs> it gets very direct when the calling is time. I have found, I have found that when you ignore it for, for a while, it gets louder and louder as a matter of fact. Yes, it's so true. So true. Well, you know, just a little background. I um, I was raised Eastern Orthodox Christian. I'm Armenian by background. Ah, okay. All right. So I was raised in a very faith-based home. Um, and I lost I lost my connection to religion, I guess, in my later teens. And, and by the time I was 21 or so, I got, I got, I was very, um, I was introduced to the Seth material. Right. Uh, which, yeah. which, uh, many folks might know about. And, and my life, my, I, I spent much of my life exploring spirituality. Yes. And at, um, and, just uh, to just to say, Seth was the entity or the spirit that came through the mediumship of Jane Roberts, but I believe I have not read all of that work. But I believe that that it took them some time to know that it isn't like she was started as a studied medium. Would that be correct? That's my understanding. Understanding, yes. yes. So yes. there was someone coming through, and she came to a place of trusting that this spirit um, had something to say and that this, that spirit of Seth 
was communicated through her and her husband wrote down all of the notes. So, but you can find the books out there. What was Absolutely. it about? What was it about Seth that moved you so much? I think it was, um, there was a book called The Nature of Personal Reality. Okay. And, and it really clarified to me that reality is an individual experience. And, you know, when you're a 21-year-old suffering through life, <laughs> coming into <laughs> oh, adulthood. Yes. <laughs> and I was at my, and for me, I was also wrestling with my, um, my, um, my, my, uh, my sexual identity. Okay. at that time right. and it was a long time ago and it was not as a, an open-minded world at the time so um this material and this loving consciousness that uh an inclusive consciousness and oh. teaching that came through was very life-changing for me um so it was very impactful and it uh it set the tone for my exploration through my life so cycle ahead many years uh i'd say about 11 years ago i was diagnosed with breast cancer oh yes and right that's that's one of those uh awakening moments defining moment yeah definitely yeah. definitely it made me realize that um that i i had not been doing anything that was deeply in service and once i got through through the the process and the treatments I really wanted to do something that would um, would be spiritually based and helpful to others. And what my dream was, was to work with people that were dying and to offer them um, a non, an impartial, spiritually based year to part, partner them through transition. And that was my original reason why I went to seminary. I had no desire to be a minister, but I wanted the credentials. And that's why I went. That's the honest truth. My goodness. That, you know, and that I feel from from talking to different people, um, it, it's also interesting to me, has been for many years, that we want the credentials um, to be of service to people. Um, and it may be that our... Um, specialties, our abilities come through non-traditional practices, although I'm not saying yours is. I think it, there's a traditional basis there, and it comes from the heart. Um, so I can see why um, a ministry now would make sense for you. Um, you had so much to offer, is what it sounds like. Um, do you still do that work today? Um, no, I don't. You don't. I oh, don't right. do that work. So I, uh, it's expanded. I've... Pardon me. So I'm sorry. So your so your service has expanded. Yes, I uh, at, during seminary and a few years after uh, after being ordained, I did volunteer with Hospice of New Jersey um, and did work with them and. That was uh, very dear to me, but I felt as I actually did the work that this was not specifically what I was meant to do. What you were called to do. All right. No. All right. Yeah. It um, wasn't specifically in that way. Um, and But in second year of seminary, this amazing teacher, Andrew Harvey, came in. 
Why? <laughs> Gee, <laughs> seems like I just heard that name. <laughs> and taught, taught several electives and, um, and planted some very big, substantial seeds in many of us. And um, hence, He has a way of doing that, doesn't he? <laughs> he does. He really does. And so getting involved in activism started, and service actually, uh, first it was service and then activism seemed to okay come because out of service. you we had not really talked about that you um, explained to me that you were a love activist but for some reason I heard sacred or spiritual activist um, for you tell me how um, this all connected to get you to the place of being a love activist how how and is it is it just Andrew's work or other work as well? I I, I think it's other work as well. Right. I, I think I think it was our work as a group. Um, mm. I I think becoming aware of my activism as love activism came in time. Uh, I became really clear on that maybe two or two or three years ago. I realized that. You know, activism can be approached in many different ways. Yes. But to me, when I look at love activism, it's about shifting the consciousness of humanity by, in a sense, shifting our lens of our how we view and how we live in the world, how we respond to life. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah. Good. Oh, I was I was going to ask, um, how has it? affected you would would you say um something so you clearly you were touched by something but it sounds like there was a shift for you that took you to love activism yes um it started as i said um back in the time i was becoming ordained and you know this um this what had happened, I'll try to, to make this very brief, but we were required to write a vow um, to be ordained and share this vow in a very in a large community. And so I would write a vow and write uh, and read it through to my mentor. And they would say, you know, that's really very heady. That uh, doesn't sound like you. Mm-hmm. And I. And so I would write and write and write. And finally, after oh, weeks and weeks of trying, I got very quiet. And I really, um, I spent a lot of time in silence and meditation. And through a source that I can't really claim to say I know where it came from, a vow came. And this uh-huh. has directed my life. And... Um, May I share my vow? I was going to say, please share it if you want to. Yes. Of course. So, and this was the vow that came through. Today, I recognize and embrace the abundant love that is you, meaning spirit. Mm-hmm. May I share and cultivate this love in the hearts that I am humbly blessed to touch. That's it. Mm. And would you, so it's also been an experience with so many people when some, a very profound thought, a vow, a prayer appears from your being, from your, your heart and your soul, that 
some action very often then shows up. Would you say there was some synchronicity connected to this vow? Yes, yes, Ah. absolutely. Absolutely. And I felt that spirit and life and um, um, whatever is more than us was very Mm -hmm. much in alignment and just guiding me into a path where I would be of service and in loving service and also awakening others to this perspective of of how to make a difference in life when i look at love activism uh we look to people like christ or gandhi or mlk right these folks came through to make the largest changes and shifts in humanity probably and they weren't just shifts, but they were they were long lasting shifts. They were they were not a not a slight shift in time, and it was through that pure of heart, pureness of heart, not yes. just their not just their uh, desire to be involved in a sacred um, tradition while they're doing it, but it was it was the heart base of of that kind of activism that made. I think the most significant difference. That's extraordinary. Um, I so I'm also moved to ask, and it it was in your uh, bio. I really want to ask about street ministry. Yes. Um, Is that a work that you do now as well? On- on occasion, less as directly as I had, um, right. but I support other um, homeless ministries in New York. Um, uh, yes. I, I don't spend as much time out in, in the city, in the streets, as much as I did. Um, but I felt that, that um, when we had, um, what we started to do is, is create gift bags for folks um, with all kinds of goods back um, quite some years ago and go out into the city and offer people uh, whatever we could uh, to share and support others. But the opportunity to sit with people and spend time and uh, listen to uh, the folks that we would meet was just um, life-changing and and I felt that that was a very significant shift in my life, oh, uh, doing that kind of work. It sounds wonderful. There must have been some profound experiences there. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, I, I started falling in love with doing this. I mean, I, I ended up in New Orleans on a trip with friends, and I would just, like, disappear, and I would be hanging out with, with the homeless folks I would meet and, <laughs> and, and talking to people and, and listening to different folks' wisdom and, you know, sharing however I could support and whatever I could offer people. Right. But, um, but what I felt is that I would be getting back even more uh, than what I was offering. Offering? Yeah, <laughs> It yeah. goes both ways, doesn't it? <laughs> oh my God! Yes, yes, yes. And this is work I've done with Jody, Jody Holmes. Oh and yes, Ty Holmes. and Ty yes. Holmes. Okay, All absolutely. Right. That's um, uh, that's where much of this started. Um, this were the early years of One Spirit in Action. 
Um, some of the work that we've done with One Spirit in Action, besides uh, street ministry, mm-hmm. is we've partnered with the United Nations on uh, a couple of different events. We've um, we've created. Let me see. I have a few notes somewhere here on some of the things we've done. Yes, please. Yeah. Hold on one second. <laughs> yes, we've. Um, We've rolled up our sleeves and helped a Sandy rebuild in Brooklyn. We've uh, marched with the March for Our Lives, uh, the women's marches, the climate marches. Uh, we've uh, marched with Gay Pride. We've um, we've done peace note uh, campaigns where we've collectively written letters to people that had been uh, victims of violence and bullying and other um really uh, significant uh, victimizations we've um, we've ha- we've led a building bridges uh, events in New York City and they were webinar globally on uh, uh, on topics uh, such as racism violent uh, Islamophobia uh, religion and violence and recently we just did an event on uh, on on uh, how to have dialogues with folks in difficult times, which is very useful these days. Oh, absolutely. Um, yes. So there's, yes. Um, to, to use a phrase that's been used so often, there sounds like there's just been a lot of consciousness raising. Um, we haven't had time in the world, it seems, to, um, you know, it's, it's, life in the last couple of years has been a lot about just (laughs) barely keeping going and just living your own daily life. So to have um, more people out there helping us come back to what is meaningful, community-minded, and more, this is, it's tremendous. Um, Yeah. Yeah, but I think at the core of it all, and I think that um, many of us, whether whether you're involved in a ministry or you're you're involved in any of this kind of work where we want to bring people together, I think I think the core of that is is trying to help dissolve the illusion that we are separate. Yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah. It's a tough illusion, isn't it? It is a tough one. And I'm, you know, I'm I'm certain that um, um, I guess my experience has been at first people are reticent, but really it doesn't take long if you provide space and time um, for, for people to start to communicate again or to just meet with one another. so much can happen. Um, our, you know, uh, we need the news, but the news does not um, show us a world where there's kindness and connection. That's true. I agree. <laughs> I agree. And um, though I keep myself as aware as I can of what's going on in the Certainly. world, I, I'm very, very conscious of my news sources now. Yes. Um, Whatever, uh, you know, my particular, I'm rather progressive, but I look for, um, I look for news sources that are, um, 
that yeah. don't really have an edge that are sensationalized. Exactly. Or that create, um, um, yes. Created a, a level of uh, of anxiety in any way. Yes, I look for balance as well. Yes, I want to hear. Yes. I definitely want to hear both sides and or all sides and. Um, Yes. yes, not too sensationalistic, if possible. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And these days, and one of the reasons I went on that pilgrimage is that I just, uh, I think we need time to have silence in our lives. I did want to. I did want to talk about that. Um, you went walking the Camino de Santiago. Is that right? Yes, yes. that's correct. Right. Yes. Um, yeah. Yes. Please talk about that for a little bit course um, what would you like to know i am so intrigued by this um <laughs> i'm gonna ask this question being a woman of a certain age how difficult was that did you go alone um were you comfortable on the walk that you went on um basically anything you want to share would be great <laughs> sure sure um so i was uh i was comfortable i did go alone I went, uh, I had turned 60 yes. and I decided I wanted to do this for myself that year. I wanted to sort out what I wanted to do with my future. Mm -hmm. And I just needed some time to just be, um, you know, like most of us, we have such busy right. lives and, and so it was your, to, your personal retreat. It was, it was. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it was interesting, Anana, because it, it's especially interesting. You'll probably hear my New York accent here because I'm getting excited. Oh, but, go ahead. Um, <laughs> here we go. But what I thought was really interesting is I really had an experience of my light and shadow having that much time. In oh, pilgrimage. definitely share if you can. Yes, yes. It, you know, I, I, um, I went alone and I had... I was there for about two weeks and I did not walk the entire Camino pilgrimage of there's many, there's many different paths you could take. The, the most commonly walked one is, uh, the Camino de Frances. Hmm. Uh, I don't know if I pronounced that correctly. Um, and that's about 500 miles. I only walked maybe about 80. I, that's all I could do. Okay. In 10 days. Ooh. Well, yeah. I, I I just knew this was a long trek, so <laughs> yes. th this is wonderful to hear. You don't have to feel you must do all of it. You can choose. Is it yeah, that no. you can choose parts? You could choose parts. Yes. Great. Um, you could choose parts, and I chose to walk the last segment of it and mm -hmm. arrive in Santiago. And uh, I thought it was uh, a life-changing experience. It was. Um, and what happened? Me. What happened for you? I. In I speaking found... about the, I'm sorry. In speaking about the light and the shadow, was it, was it just doing the journey itself, or what came to you as you I went had... on the road? So having that much time by myself, which I rarely have in my life, I was very surprised about all the different emotions and experiences that came up inside of me, much more than what I was going through physically. Things that I hadn't thought of in many years, you know, moments where I might have regretted 
my behavior as a teenager or, you know, just all the, the little nagging things of a lifetime. That run that through things, your mind, that yes. Run, that run through my conscious. And right. I, you know, I, um, I really spent a lot of time working through things that I, I thought were long ago to work through. And I was completely surprised. I thought I'd be walking through those woods whistling a tune and just being completely <laughs> present in the present moment. And then I understood why people go on pilgrimage. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's, <laughs> sometimes it's a labyrinth and you're just going deeper and deeper yes, into your uh, core. Absolutely. There were days where I was feeling very joyful the whole day. And then there would be another day that, yeah there was residue in my soul that I had to work through. Um, and I just gave in to it all. However, however it came up, um, it was did, such a pleasure to, to meet the people I met on the road. Though. I was about to ask, did you meet some people along the way? Because usually that comes up on whatever, you know, life, <laughs> daily life can be your pilgrimage and sends you interesting people along the way. But I've noticed when, uh, we go traveling. It's fascinating what people come up, come Without to us. It. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I did. I met some amazing people, and and the um, how serendipitous the the meetings were. It was quite quite <laughs> astounding the people that came along and the conversations that ensued. And um, and one of the things I had hoped to do is is um, offer people support while I walked, um, I felt, you know, I knew many people walk the pilgrimage because they're suffering, whether they're going through a divorce or, um, have lost a, a family member or dealing with illness. People go, people often go to work through things. So, mm -hmm. um, it was pretty amazing. Some of the human beings I had met, you know, who had lost their son in an accident, whose daughter had a brain tumor, who's, uh, you know, I met a man yes. who was 80 years old, whose wife had died, that he had been with her for 60 years. His pastor had asked him, had offered him the movie The Way. And within a week, this 80 plus year old man was on a on a flight to Spain to walk the entire pilgrimage alone. That is remarkable. It's only a few months. I've certainly heard of the Camino de Santiago. Um, <clears throat> I think perhaps my first time was um, around um, Shirley MacLaine's book. But then I met other people that have walked it. But the movie The Way, I would suggest to people. Um, yes. Again, food for thought. Um, and um, all of the things, some you know, some of the things I would say that can come up for someone who's um, walking, f walking through the various issues of their life. And I was, I um, do suggest for people if they're interested, if they, and perhaps maybe if they're not going to walk the Camino themselves, or maybe it will make you want to walk the Camino. There's a film um, that you mentioned called The Way. And it seems to have, um, it, it brings up a lot about what it means to go on a spiritual journey. 
um, and um, which the Camino certainly is. Um, and I think you'll be fascinated by it. Um, is there any more you'd like to share about this journey? Um, how you either how you get started or anything um, you feel listeners would like to hear? Um, well, I actually got in touch with a tour company uh, that someone had recommended to me. I think their name is your your, your Tria. I can't pronounce it that well. It's a it's a it's a Spanish word. Um, mm-hmm. Tours, and they helped map out my route and um, helped with uh, getting me to my starting space uh, and helped with um, instead okay. of having to carry my goods yes. with me the whole way, I was able to have my belongings move for me. And so you just carried was, a, a pack with you on a daily basis? I carried a day pack. Day pack, um, okay. Yeah. And yeah, so they I'm set a, up a, accommodations I'm, for you along the way as right, well? Right. Is that right? Yeah, oh. so, so, so you don't have to, to <laughs> you don't have to pitch a tent. I'm sure you could no. along the way if you wanted to, I but you don't have to. Maybe right. if I was 30 years younger, I'd give that some thought, but <laughs> not just that. yet, not yes. right now. Yes. Um, but it, it worked out well. Uh, I was I got very ill at some point on the trip, so I was very glad ah. that I had accommodations. Oh I goodness, am, yes. And I felt like spirit was uh, kind of. I was just uh, going through a cleansing at some point. I think uh, spiritually. I and, I bet yes, that would be. Yeah. I you know I think anything I've done that turned out to be you know a, a retreat of any kind there's the phys- the physical certainly comes in all of the emotional <laughs> things the yeah. memories um things to be dealt with definitely comes through do you feel Absolutely. you came out do you feel you came out at the end feeling stronger healthier or um just oh, without it without a doubt a completely new, a new attitude i, I felt i felt um, very physically very strong very fit um and i had i i i part of the reason i went is i wanted to to think about what i want to do with the next phase of my life i wanted that that space and i got much clearer with that and so everything i had hoped to do happened for me and more so it was, I highly recommend. Highly recommend it. Yes, absolutely. I highly recommend it. Absolutely. I'm thinking about and it. That's for sure. If, if anybody hears this and they have a way of contacting me, you know, if my information's somewhere or my email's there, please do. And I'll be happy to offer you whatever kind of support and advice I can. I will put Sonia's information up on lightshadow.podbean.com. Um, that that you gave to me and um so it'll it'll be there oh and and not only podbean but also on itunes fantastic (laughs) um so um i would like um thank you very much for this thank you so much for um, coming on and talking with us um your work is extraordinary it's it's i think it's probably very tremendous to the communities that you serve um please share any upcoming event or any work that you're doing that you're well oh i'm sorry i'm sorry that that's that'll be coming up for you well we have uh we have a workshop coming up in 
May and it's based in New York City and it's called The Work of Sacred Activism uh, and it's May 11th and it is basically how do you um, how do you make a difference in the world um, or in however you would like to be in action without um, without embodying the same kind of energy you're trying to change in a sense yes uh, yes um, you know how, how do you make that change so the workshop's called uh, the work of sacred activism it's here in New York City and it's also globally webinar it's available it's uh, going to be held on a Saturday in May May 11th and, um, and it's 930 I, to 930 to 5 p.m. 930 to 5 p.m. And uh, some of the thoughts would be, um, how do we impact sustainable change, especially when we have only a little time to, in our lives to do it? Um, how do we make a difference in the world? Um, and how do we choose where to focus our efforts? Um, and when unity is the goal, how do we address injustice without strengthening the division? Um, what... I will do also, if you like, I'll put up the registration um, link on um, with your with your name on um, so it'll show up on Podbean and iTunes as well. Um, Thank you. That would be fantastic. That's certainly Thank happy you. to do that. Um, um, is there anything else that you want to share of your no, of your work? Okay. I, I think um, I think really when with all of this is said and done, I think I think again our work is is about shifting consciousness right now and uh, and and working uh, working with the field of collective consciousness and and how we can awaken together to to how um, essentially we are we are all connected. Brilliant! Thank you so much. It's my pleasure, Sonia. my pleasure, Adana. Wonderful. What I am doing right now is shuffling tarot cards. Um, Wonderful. Because because there is a request here to for from Sonia to go ahead and do the tarot cards. So here we go, and I'm spreading them out. So I'm going to choose for you. Um, and I'm just asking generally for a message from guidance. And the card is, oh, that can't be any better. Um, the card is the Empress. So that's one of the major arcana cards. How much do you know about the tarot? <laughs> uh, not, not enough. Not much. Okay, that's all right. Um, the empress. The empress is beautiful because she is very much about springtime. I consider this card to um, to have many of the qualities of the goddess. Um, she sits on her throne but what that means is she sits in her power and um, she invites you to do the same and when I say that she is a lot about abundance or springtime it's about the knowledge that um, there's regeneration that new cycles are happening all the time and so her appearing here would herald that indeed you are in 
uh, perhaps a new springtime for yourself or a new phase of your journey going forward. So you're being told to go with the flow, be flexible, be conscious or aware of what's going on around you. And the she's very much about signs and symbols too, sacred sacred signs and symbols. So what's showing up for you, she would be asking. Um, what are you letting go of? And what are you bringing in? Um, this is very interesting to me because um, she often connects for me to um, the cosmic goddess or mother goddess Isis, the Egyptian okay. winged goddess. And she is so much about coming. She's a way shower. And the empress is showing you the way and an opportunity to... Um, just inviting you in further and further into your life. And um, talk about service. She is a lot about that. How do you facilitate nature? How do you walk hand in hand with the divine and with the divine feminine? Um, how do you um, how do you see yourself? She's often a mirror for your becoming. And she's and it's a, it's a, the support of the earth, but a support of the sacred. You're you're being told never forget you are you walk hand in hand with the goddess. How beautiful! Right? It's lovely. That yes. is that is such a gift. Thank you, Anon. Oh, my pleasure. That is so lovely and so perfect. So it's much, such a so joy. Much to do. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so much to do. Goodness. Yes. And such a joy um, when when the cards are actually in synchronicity with the things you've, you've just been saying. It just seems just right. Well, it's it's just in mirror to what we've been talking about today. It seems exactly. that when, when we're on the when we're on the path, we should be on. Spirit's mm -hmm. constantly yes. supporting that. You get confirmation for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Anana. Uh, and again, thank you. And I'm going to ask if you would share um, a meditation or some inspiration or something meaningful to you here at the end of our show. Thank you. Well. I believe I'm going to read a quote from Dr. Viktor Frankl. Um, Viktor Frankl was a Holocaust survivor, and yes. a psychologist, and uh, his book, Man's Search for Meaning, had just such an impact on my life, and I know for so many others. highly recommend it. And uh, this has been an impactful quote in, for me, so I'd like to close and share this. Please. The salvation of man is through love and in love. And there it is. Yes. Absolutely love. Yes. So, yes, yes. Um, well, I... We will carry, let's carry that with us. Um, thank you once again, Sonia Ketchen. And I would also like to say thank you to Paul Preston for recording and for <laughs> sound sound system help. We've needed it today. We uh, did. <laughs> I want to say thank you to Kevin McLeod for the music. 
uh, that we're sharing at the beginning, at the end of the podcast. And thank you to Allison Werner for social media help, which I am so grateful for. <laughs> well, um, Anana, thank you so much. Oh. Thank you. And thank you, Paul, and everyone involved. I'm <laughs> so, so joyful to be with you today. So keep moving, keep cruising through your light and shadow. And I will see you again in two weeks. And until then, Om Shanti. I am on my way as a peaceful soul. Mm-hmm.